What's up, what's up? This is your boy K. Rich, founder of MVP Local, CEO of CRC Construction, and welcome to today's Daily Hit the Field. Today's topic is this, heart of the team. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's Hit the Field. All right, guys, I appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, before we get started, I want to briefly recap what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. For all you newbies out there that are just now tuning in to our Hit the Field podcast, this is a podcast built towards building your self-awareness and self-confidence. And so if you haven't taken the time to go back and listen to episode one, I'll recommend you start there and then continue to listen on through. We're covering a series, uh, covering a book that's called The Winning Spirit, co-authored by Joe Montana and Joe Mitchell. So I strongly recommend you go back to episode one if you're just now tuning in. Uh, And the recap would be this, to be a winner or to win. And that's the preface of what we've been talking about. To be a winner is what we're really striving for. And uh, this is all about uh, how you accomplish things in life and in sports. Um, It's not about win, win, win at all costs. It's a slow teaching process. It's about being the best, being a winner, and what it means to you. <clears throat> and it's also about I am capable, but am I willing? That's a big one right there. I am capable, but am I willing? My, what is my willingness to commit to my word, to give my word to somebody, a coach, my boss? Okay, what is my willingness to commit to my word on a daily basis to expand in all four areas of my life? Body, being, balance, and business. And so you have to ask yourself those questions. Am I being a winner in all areas of my life? Or am I just trying to win? Am I just trying to get to the next mill? Am I just trying to get to Friday on my job? Am I just trying to, you fill in the blank. So that's what we've been talking about. Uh, We've been talking about building a better you, expanding in, in those areas of our life so that we can build a better you. So we can redefine what you means. So I'm, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. We're going to jump straight into the message. It's called Heart of the Team. And uh, this is really a, a big part of my message. If you don't tune in to any other episode, uh, I suggest you tune in now. Because everything, you talk about the heartbeat of an organization. You talk about the heartbeat of a team. It starts with the team. It starts. So we believe that the word team is overused in corporate America. Just because a group of people work together doesn't make them a team. Even if they were employed by the same firm or wear the same uniform. And so that stuck with me. You know, when I read that out loud, guys... It really made me think. It really made me think of all the businesses that I've started, of all the teams that I've played on, why were they successful? I asked myself that question. As I prepared for this message and this podcast this week, I asked myself that question. And I suggest you ask yourself the same question. You know, 
Am I just showing up? Am I just showing up at my job? Or am I being a teammate? Because today we're going to talk about what it means to have the heart of the team. You see, team is, is overused out in corporate America. It just is. Just because you work on that, on that, for that business, just because you play on that team, doesn't mean you're on that team. Let that sink in. Team is more than just a group of people. To be a real team, there must be a team spirit. And that team spirit must trickle down to each and every person that has a genuine, caring interest in their teammates' success. See, it's not about their success. It's about what they can do to elevate the people around them. What a great story, you know. You hear all the stories from Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr, and you hear those stories of how Michael Jordan was leading those guys and how he demanded excellence from them, each and every one of them. That's what we're talking about, you know. It transcended down into the organization, into the team. That Hey, that's why the Warriors are so successful right now. It's because it's not about any one individual, at least not yet. <laughs> you know, egos could step in. You never know. But it's about the team spirit. It's about how can I get my teammates involved? How can I distribute to them, right? It's like being a point guard in basketball. Sometimes that point guard has to sacrifice good opportunities to score because it's in the best interest of the team to exploit the defense. And so this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about what it means to have the winning spirit and what it means to truly have that spirit reflect your actions and what you do in your job. A winning team is not dependent on external environments, the office, a facility, or an arena. A winning team is dependent on the people who work in that environment. Success is not about the team's technical resources. It's about their human resources. And so when we think about teams, think about all the teams you've ever played on. Think about all the organizations you worked in. And I want you to I want you to make a list. You know, get out the pen and the paper and I want you to make a list. I want you to think about what that the certain teams had over others. What were the successful teams? What qualities did those teams provide you with? What type of resources? What were the qualities of the teammates that you played with? And so as I prepared for this week's message, that kind of stuck me as well. You know, I look back at all my successes in life of running businesses, all my failures of running businesses, all my successes as an athlete, all my failures as an athlete. I'm doing the same thing I'm asking you guys to do. Make a list. Make a list of what those qualities were. What made you successful? And here's one of the things that stuck with me as I prepared this week. Teams win, teams that win, teams that are, that, are, that are filled with winners, okay, they have something that those teams that you might have played on that haven't been successful, that were toxic and cancerous, and then you hated, you just wanted to get out of there on Friday, and you hated and dreaded coming back on Monday, right? You know, we've all had those jobs, we've all ran those businesses, 
Uh, we've all played on those teams at some point in our life. It could be in your marriage right now. Okay, I don't know what you're dealing with. But I do know this, the winning teams, the teams that get through those tough patches, those tough pits in their life, and through the successes, not make it about each other, but make it about the team, those, those true champions have something special. They have chemistry. They have synergy. And when members focusing on uh, uh, the other person, when, 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 when you have a leader that's focused on making sure that the people around him are winning, then something special starts to brew. So whether we choose a team or it chooses us, how do we personally perform and contribute to improve on that team? How do we surrender our personal agendas for the larger goal? How do we bring out the best in others? Those are the questions you need to ask yourself about the team that you're on, the team that you're playing with right now. Who's on that team? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who is on your team that's challenging you to elevate? Because that's what you need to look at. You need to look at your inner circle. You need to look at every aspect of your life and ask yourself this very, very, very simple question. Do I want to expand? Do I want to change? And if you answered yes to that question, then the next question is, then why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you growing your business? Why aren't you growing in your personal relationship with your family? Why aren't you growing? You fill in the blank. And here's the greatest thing about this message today, is that getting on the right team changes everything. Surrounding yourself with like-minded people changes everything. But without that team spirit, without that at its core, without every teammate understanding that it's not about them, it's about their teammates, that's when true teams succeed. That's when true champions rise and lead their teams to success. It's not how great Steph Curry is. It's how great he's made the people around him. It's about how he's changed the game. And I'll tell you how he's changed the game. He's changed the game with his mind, his mindsets, his beliefs, his work ethic, his commitment, his attitude. That's what changed the game for him. And it reflected and it trickles down to the team. And sure, sure, even the best of us get selfish and let our egos shine through from time to time, right? I'm not saying those guys are perfect. They have their days that, uh, they have their off days as well. But we have to look at that as a larger whole. You know, what am I doing to elevate my teammates? So principle number seven is about cultivating the right attitude. And uh, a positive and confident and caring attitude lies at the heart of the winning spirit. A healthy attitude can be contagious. But none of us should wait around to catch it from somebody else. I want now let that sink in for a little bit. Because at the end, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to lay out a story. It's called God Will Save Me. And we're going to talk about that. Waiting around to catch uh, the right attitude from somebody else. Waiting around for somebody else to lead the way for us in our lives, right? 
And so I'm going to talk to you about that story at the end, and it's going to wrap it all up. It's going to bring all of this into perspective about what it means to be a winner and what it means to uh, have the heart of the team at your core. And so cultivating the right attitude, often we will receive from others the very attitude, good or bad, that we project. When we see good in others and praise them for it, then they will do the same. Our attitude towards one another can either enhance or destroy the momentum of an individual or group. So as you think about that, man, it, it, it really, if you apply that filter over what's happening in politics and what's happening maybe in your business or in your life or uh, whatever situation that you're in, you know, it's, 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 it's all about your attitude. And I can attest to this. I can attest at my own, uh, you know, throwing myself under the bus. You know, at times I can be toxic. And that's just me being truthful with myself. You know, shutting myself out. Um, not talking about my, my problems or my feelings. You know, with somebody that, uh, that can help me work through those, those issues. Not stacking... Uh, my issues on a daily basis. Remember, uh, we talked about that. I learned that in Warrior. Warrior has a system. It's called the stack that literally takes you through a set of questions to pull out the feelings that are triggering you, the things that you're dealing with in life. Why are you dealing with them? Why do you continue to loop around in that karmic cul-de-sac, experiencing the same pits, experiencing the same failures? And I'm here to tell you, it's because of your attitude. It's because it stems from the attitude that you take. That's the one thing that you can control. You know, there's a lot of things in life that you have no control over. But one of the things that you do, and I will preach this till I die, is your attitude. And next is your effort. Effort follows attitude. But it starts with your attitude each and every day. You know, even in the most difficult times in my life, I knew at my core that I had to wake up, look myself in the mirror, and even though I knew today wasn't going to be a good day, I had to put on the right attitude. I had to put on that jersey that says attitude on the back means everything. And I can tell you guys from experience, I lost that. I lost a sense of that the last couple of years. And guess what? The greatest thing about sports, the greatest thing about life is as long as you're still ticking, you can continue to fight for whatever you believe in. And that's what makes life so great. It's like playing a game. When you look at life like a game, like an athlete playing for a team in a game, then you start to look at your network and your assets and the things that are you know, at your core, your skill sets and mindsets, and you start to become a little bit more powerful. You start to stand a little bit taller. You start to roll those shoulders back because you have the confidence and awareness to know exactly what God gifted you with. And what message needs to be shared with the world? You know, it's time. It's time for us as a people, as a society, as individuals, as teammates, 
to regain that winning spirit, that team aspect. As a local community, as a parent, as a team, it's up to us. It's up to us. And so I challenge you each and every day to wake up with the right attitude because it makes a difference. It's contagious. Becoming aware of our own attitude is critical because once we recognize how powerful our mental state is and how it influences everything that we do, we can change it. Remember we talked about that. Last episode we talked about it. We talked about how we can affect our mental state so if we understand that it's about our attitude and that whether or not it's contributing for the negative or positive for our company, our team, our family, our personal success, our happiness, then something needs to change. And that something is ourselves. If personal change is required, we may need to renew our enthusiasm for life by focusing on all that is good and possible. We may need to develop the attitude that we do what matters, that we make a difference in the people and the lives around us. And this is not some spectacular, miraculous event. This is not about saving humanity. It's about affecting change one person at a time, building a relationship, empowering that relationship, and then ascending and elevating that relationship because that's what a team spirit means. That's what it means to have that principled approach, to having the right attitude in your work, in your business, and bringing your spirit. We've talked about this. You go back to some of the first episodes on the Teacher Preacher podcast, and we've talked about this. At our core, it's about our character. It's about our commitment to change. It is about our mindset and our belief system to become self-aware and self-confident in our abilities to elevate the people around us. That's what life's all about. At least that's what a successful life looks to me. To surround myself with people that understand me. To surround myself with people that want to elevate me, not, not hold me down, not pull me back, not, 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 no. These are the people that want to change with me, that want to become healthier, that want to be stronger in their business, in their relationships with their kids and their wife. Those are the type of people I'm looking to surround myself with. A single person with a powerful attitude can impact the team's chemistry in an incredible way. One person with courage, determination, confidence, and skill can often bring out the same traits in their team members as perhaps those same qualities as they have in themselves. So it's all about what am I doing to commit to myself to improve myself. It's those five cornerstones, right? What can I do, first of all, to improve myself, to build the courage, the determination, the confidence, and skill so that I can pull that out in my teammates? That's the five cornerstones of success. And so we train ourselves to look at and find the good in situations rather than the bad and the negative. And we start believing that the positive energy can be found everywhere and in everyone. And when you look at the world that way, 
you start to cultivate the right attitude where everyone is a teammate, where everyone, you're looking for the good in people. You're looking to find the good in the situation. And I'm not saying that you can find the good in every situation. And briefly, I want to uh, kind of uh, give you a, a brief story uh, to the backdrop of what I'm about to say here. I uh, had the opportunity to meet Ronnie Lott, which is a teammate of Joe Montana's. That's why I bought this book. Ronnie Lott was my number one. Uh, he was my hero, man. And as I played football growing up as a youth, uh, that's kind of who I idolized. That's kind of who I chased, who I wanted to be, you know. And uh, at the heart of the team but became a saying for the 49ers is what Joe Montana talked about. It was suggested that Ronnie Lott was the hardest-hitting defensive back ever to play the game. And I can relate to that, you know. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be that kid that, uh, you know, let his mind, his spirit, his body uh, flow through in how he played the game. You know, a lot of people that I've played with said, man, you hit hard. And, uh, you know, you have to hit hard when you're five flat in a 40 and, and 145 pounds dripping wet playing strong side linebacker. You got to do something right. And so that was my mentality, too, was to be one of the hardest hitting defensive backs. And then ultimately moving to linebacker. But uh, Ronnie, who became the leader of our defense, as Montana would say, during our big years, kept saying we need to embrace the attitude that we all had. Only one heartbeat. Some 50 guys were going after the same goal to win the Super Bowl, which we could achieve only together as a team. And so it became a mantra. That caught in the locker room, and it bled onto the practice field. Then it bled into preparation, and then it bled into the lives of the players that were affected by it. It led into the offense. It led into the defense. It was a spirit. It was a mindset. It was a being a winner mindset. It wasn't about one coach. It was about a bunch of coaches. It wasn't about any one player or any one individual. It was about all of us together. And so that's what it means to cultivate the right attitude. And we have to keep these points in mind. We have to continue to strive uh, to have that one heartbeat, to have that same intensity and that same drive towards that target. Staying focused, understanding that it's not about me, it's about we. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to uh, run into situations that try to tear us apart. That's why we have to have strong belief systems, strong mindsets within any organization or any relationship. It has to be at the core. And so as I start to think about that, you know, I'm 15 years in my marriage and I've never sat down with my wife and I've never explained to her or we've never discussed about what is our belief systems? What are our mindsets with our children? And so as I start to, even this late in the game, want to uh, redefine how I approach my life, you know, I'm not just talking about my business, guys. You know, this is not a business hoorah. This is not a belief system hoorah. This is a show and an episode and a podcast that's about affecting personal change in your life. It's about 
looking yourself in the mirror right now and saying, where am I at right now? Where am I struggling? And what do I need to do to change it? And then if your answer is, I want to change it, then the next step is how? And then the how is finding those keys that you're going to work on every day to meet that target. It's that simple, guys. This is not rocket science. It is about your commitment, your consistent, relentless commitment to change in whatever area of your life you want to change in. And so a lot of you need to be challenged. You need to be challenged to to cultivate the right attitude that you're bringing into the team because literally it is a powerful aspect of how teams thrive. And I remember that. I remember that. I learned that from some of the greatest leaders that I was surrounded with growing up, playing for Nimitz High School. I was surrounded by some of the the greatest leaders uh, when I was a young athlete. It trickled down, I'm telling you. Their mindsets, their belief systems, their work ethic. How hard they hit. Man, they were tough dudes. Those guys in the early 90s that came through Nimitz High School that wore Gata on the back of their shirt with pride. And so I'm actually launching, you know, just to kind of go off on a tangent here for just a second, um, I'm actually launching with a couple other guys. We're going to be launching a vlog, and I'm going to be going around uh, trying to find underground. I'm going underground to interview and find those Gata brothers, those Gata bunch brothers, because I want to understand that framework a little bit deeper. I understand what it means to me. I understand what Gata meant to me. It was my framework back in high school, but I want to understand what it means from all my other brothers. And so I'm starting a podcast, and we're going to be going around, and we're going to be interviewing some of these business owners, uh, a lot of business owners that have been through Nimitz High School, that have experienced that culture, that experienced that mindset, And I want to get to the core at it because I want to start teaching it to my own boys. I want it. I want them to be able to understand that out of that, out of that mindset, out of that belief system that they can literally affect change in their community, their lives, their businesses, themselves, because it's about the cultivating of the right attitude. One of the biggest sayings at Nimitz football was, you've got 48 minutes to play and a lifetime to remember. That was one of the mottos that when we walked out on the field, that was the last thing that we saw. And you know what? That was a mindset thing. 48 minutes to play, a lifetime to remember. So think about that. Are you going in to this cell are you going in to this presentation? Are you going in to this uh, uh, part of your business or your life with your kids, dating your wife and your kids? Are you going into that area with that mindset, with that right attitude? You have to ask yourself those questions. Because if you don't ask yourself, where am I at now? then you're always going to worry or you're always going to fear or you're always going to get stuck as to why you didn't want to change. 
You know, a lot of you guys on the surface level want to say everything's all fine and dandy. But your marriage is deteriorating. You can't connect with your wife. Your kids don't respect you. And so a lot of you out there probably feel some of those same things. <laughs> you know, I, I told you guys, this is stuff that I deal with too. And so... It's about revisioning our attitude and how we approach the day. It's about revisioning that inner circle and defining who do we want to serve. And that's what you've got to ask yourself. And so I did that this week. I asked myself, who do I want to serve moving forward with my life? And it was very simple for me. I wrote down three points. I want to serve athletes and coaches. I want to serve students and teachers. I want to serve business owners and entrepreneurs. Those are my three main areas that I want to focus on for the rest of my life. And I want to help those individuals. I want to coach them in areas of business, of mindset, of belief systems. And that's where I'm putting all my energy. That's why you guys that have been tuning in to this podcast, that's what you're going to continue to hear. You're going to continue to hear my message expand because I went on a journey. If I, I, you know, for you guys that are tuning in, I apologize for being this long on this podcast, but I've got to get this out. I want to tell you guys a little bit about my origin story today. I want to uncover that. I want to talk a little bit about what's led me on this journey and what I've learned along the way and why we're even talking about mindsets and the heart of the team, why I'm even doing this podcast. So I want to spend a little bit of time with you guys today on covering my backstory and my, my experience and, you know, why I'm here. Why I'm here uh, today speaking to you, trying to share my life experiences with you. And so I want to briefly take you on my backstory. I've spent a decade coaching and teaching. From 2002 to 2012, I was a coach and a teacher. I also served as an instructional specialist uh, uh, for the, for, at a larger role at the campus level, helping with IT, computers, one-to-one solutions, training teachers on software, training teachers on how to implement software in their, in their curriculum and in their lessons. Um, and so that's what I did for over a decade. And, um, you know, along that journey... Uh, some pretty interesting stories that uh, I just want to briefly share with you. You know, I was a teacher and a coach, and um, and uh, one of the things that made me really have this epiphany, one of the things that kind of has led me to where I'm at today, uh, I'm sitting in class, and I can remember like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in class, and you know, I'm, I'm going through this book, this required curriculum that the school district says I have to teach. And I just get disgusted because the things that, you know, I was required to teach were so outdated. I knew it. The kids knew it. And it became this redundant deal. And so about in 2008, okay, about mid-semester, I said, screw this. Let's, let's make a change, guys. Let's make this class about being creative. Let's think about, you know, what a business has to think about, how a business can, out of thin air, create something and go out and market it and sell it and then build systems around it and ultimately make it function like a business. I want to teach you guys that. I want to learn that. 
because at the time, I felt inadequate. I didn't feel like I was providing my students with the right opportunity to succeed. I wasn't applying, you know, I wasn't teaching them to apply what they were learning, and I definitely didn't have the expertise to tell them how they needed to run a business. You know, and that's most educators. Most educators that teach in the business department or they teach web design, most of those guys, hey, I mean, it's no knock against them. I was one of them. But most of them have never ran a business, have never had to deal with the uh, hiring and firing employees, have never had to deal with those type of expenses and P&L statements and making sure that your taxes are on point, making sure that you're uh, actually working your taxes to your benefit, right? And so these were all things that I had to uncover and experience for myself. And so in about 2008, I started what's called the Nimitz Apprentice. This was inspired by Donald Trump, our, our current president. Uh, back in that time, man, it, the, the, the Apprentice was on TV, and I watched it all the time. I watched it all the time, and I was like, you know what? I have an idea. I want to create the Nimitz Apprentice. More importantly, I want to be able to go into my classroom tomorrow, and I want to be able to look my students in the eyes and say, we're about to start something and build something from the ground level up. We're going to launch a show. It's going to be called the Nimitz Apprentice. <laughs> and for those kids that got to experience that half semester of us creating the Nimitz Apprentice, I wish, uh, I wish I could find those episodes because we did three episodes, three episodes of the Nimitz Apprentice. I fired a bunch of companies. It was great. We had a lot of fun. We used a lot of humor. Um, we, we, we entertained. We got the kids involved in the community and, and we sold products um, fictitiously, virtually, um, which led to my last year teaching, which is one of the greatest stories and that is in 2012, I'm teaching at Singley Academy in Irving. And uh, I already knew going in, starting the year, that it was going to be my last year. And I knew that I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to go out and ride out on that horse, uh, you know, the right way. The way that I knew those kids needed to be motivated and sent out into the world. And so my certifications are my results, right? And uh, there are a few successes that came out of that class. And I want to just briefly highlight them. There are two individuals specifically that in class um, had a great story. Uh, Kevin Sorto and Rafael Morales. Rafael tunes into this podcast. I appreciate your support, buddy. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't because of you. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your constant push. I appreciate you because you're one of those guys right now that I'm chasing. Your unbelievable work ethic, your unbelievable team and winning spirit, and how everybody around you is elevated when you're in their presence, how you challenge them to be better in their body and, their, and better in their business, how you challenge yourself each and every day. I'm inspired by it. But he's been one of my, and Kevin... And Ronnie Phillip, they've been some of my biggest successes, man. Seeing what they've been able to accomplish, being a part of it, being an early mentor in their lives, and recognizing the potential. 
And so Kevin and and uh, Raphael specifically in my class that year uh, in 2012, they started their first business, and their first business was selling T-shirts to the senior class. They had to market it, sell it. I've told this story before, but they ended up making six six plus thousand dollars in my class. They had the opportunity to take what I was teaching and they had the opportunity for the first time in a classroom to actually apply it and apply what they were learning. And we're not doing that as educators. We're not putting these kids in difficult situations that they're going to experience when they get out in the world and they decide to start a business and they decide to cash in their retirement funds and they decide to max out their credit cards and they decide to go all in. They better have their shit together. And uh, that's what this podcast is partially about too. It's about making sure that you're prepared for those difficult times in life. You know, everybody can be, you know, when things are going good, when when your career is going great and everything's in motion and things are going good, you know, it's easy, right? It's easy to not prepare for those times when you know you're going to get hit in the nuts. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's it's plain and simple, right? And um, and you have to be prepared. You have to have that winning spirit, especially in those days where you wake up and it's just not working. So just wrapping up, I want to end with this story. Uh, God will save me. This is going to wrap it up of what it means to be a leader, not a savior. Um, you're not here to save other people. Um, You're not here to even save yourself. God is not going to save you either, okay? It is going to be taking that guidance from that voice, from God, and it's taking action in your own life. It's being a leader in your own life, in your own organization, in your own business, in your own relationship. And so this parable really ties it in uh, and pulls it all together for me because nobody's going to save me. You know, I have to live, love, and lead every day of my life with what God has put in my heart, what message God has put me on this earth to share, my experiences. And so I'm going to end up, I'm going to finish up with this parable, God will save me. A terrible storm came into a town and local officials sent out an emergency warning that the riverboats and riverbanks were overflowing and the flood was coming to take over nearby homes. They ordered everyone in the town to evacuate immediately. A faithful Christian man heard the warning and decided to stay, saying to himself, I will trust God and if I am in danger, then God will send a miracle to save me. The neighbors came by his house and said to him, We're leaving and there's room in our car. Please come with us. But the man declined and said, I have faith that God will save me. As the man stood on his porch, watching the water rise up the steps, a man in a canoe paddled by and called to him, Hurry and come into my canoe. The waters are rising quickly. But the man again said, No thanks. God will save me. The floodwaters rose higher, pouring water into his living room, and the man had to retreat to the second floor. A police motorboat came by and saw him at the window. We will come up and rescue you, they shouted. But the man refused, waving them on, saying, 
Use your time to save somebody else. I have faith that God will save me. The floodwaters rose higher and higher, and the man had to climb up to his rooftop. A helicopter spotted him and dropped a rope ladder. A rescue officer came down the ladder and pleaded to the man, Grab my hand and I will pull you up. But the man still refused, folding his arms tightly to his body, almost in defiance at this point, saying, No, thank you. God will save me. Shortly after, the house broke up and the floodwaters swept in and the man was drowned and taken away. When in heaven, the man stood in front of God and asked, I put all of my faith in you. Why didn't you come and save me? And God said, Son, I sent you a warning. I sent you a car. I sent you a canoe. I sent you a motorboat. I sent you a helicopter. What more were you looking for? So remember that parable as you go out into your lives moving forward. Really put that parable into action. You know, there's not one action or there's not one individual. There's nothing out there that's looking to save you from whatever uh, situation that you're in. You have to be willing to lead yourself out of that situation. And uh, a lot of it has to and depends on uh, the people that you're around, the heart of that team, the team spirit that they bring. And so I challenge you to reflect on that. Reflect on that parable today and start taking action in your life. This is your boy K. Rich signing off. Good afternoon and good night. Hit the field.